and the result is bringing them home. And every day they're not home is, you know, in my mind, a failure. Um, That's what it sounded like Monday at the National Press Theatre across the street from Parliament Hill in Ottawa, as Canadian journalists heard powerful pleas from the families of some of the nearly 240 Israeli and Canadian hostages taken by Hamas, and in one case, from the Canadian family of a young Israeli woman who was murdered. For nearly an hour, the relatives explained why they felt they had a moral duty to come to Canada in person. Some came directly from Israel to meet with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and other politicians to press their humanitarian message that their relatives have now spent 25 days in captivity as of today. They hope they're alive somewhere in the tunnels of Hamas in Gaza, but Hamas isn't allowing the Red Cross to visit anybody and Israel isn't telling them very much about what's being done to free them. And that taking civilians hostage is a war crime under the Geneva Convention. That there are sick grandparents and nine-month-old babies. And they want Canada and the world to do more to get the hostages released immediately, including pressuring Israel to put the fighting aside right now which Canada has also asked for. Children don't belong in tunnels under the earth being held hostage. It's you know, children celebrating their birthdays while being held hostage by, by Hamas. I think you know, any, any kind of pressure on, on all sides that can be put to ending this, you know, that's, that's what needs to be done. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is What Jewish Canada Sounds Like for Tuesday, October the 31st, 2023. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, and we're sponsored by Metropia. Regular listeners to this show and followers of the CJN will know we've covered the Hamas victims' stories extensively, including the seven Canadians who were killed and the two who are still missing. To be honest, we weren't going to do another hostage story two days in a row until I watched the live news conference on Parliament Hill Monday by some of the families of the hostages, and I knew you would want to hear them too. The Israeli embassy helped arrange the event. In a nutshell, this is what the hostages' family want. One, Canada to pressure the Benjamin Netanyahu government to free the hostages first and maybe fight later. And two, Canada should cut off diplomatic and financial support for those who aid Hamas, which could include closing off funding to UNRWA and to countries who shelter Hamas leaders. I'll let you hear from several families first. Let me introduce you to Aaron Brodich. He lives in Toronto. He's an Israeli physicist, and he just became a Canadian citizen. On October 7th, his frantic brother called him from Israel, saying he had survived the Hamas attack on their house in Kibbutz Aza, but his wife Hagar, who's 40, and their three young children were all taken hostage. Two boys, aged four and eight, and the 10-year-old girl Ofri, who just spent the summer in Ontario attending a Jewish camp, Camp Gesher. My name is Aaron Brodach. Um, I'm a Canadian-Israeli. I live in Toronto. Uh, this is my niece, Ofri. She visited us in Toronto this summer, spent uh, a month in Toronto, made many Canadian friends at summer camp. Uh, On the morning of October 7th, I called my mother to ask her how Ofri's birthday party went from the night before. My mother told me that there's a war going on 
um, and that they don't know where my brother's family is. I um, I waited um, and called again to see what's going on, and I was able to talk to my brother, and he told me that his entire family had been murdered. Um, I asked him, are you sure, because he wasn't home, and he said, the last text message I got from my wife is, they're coming in, and I know what's going on in the kibbutz. Um, we, everyone was shocked. Um, but a day and a half later, uh, we learned that someone had seen them taken from their house. Um, someone in the kibbutz had seen, uh, seen them being led into Gaza. This gave us a lot of hope. Uh, there were still uh, battles going on in the kibbutz, but two days later the kibbutz was cleared, someone went into their house and saw that the house was empty. Uh, the soldiers who cleared the house talked to my brother and told him that when they opened the fridge, they saw birthday cake and they all started crying. I, I flew to Israel um, initially to support my family, and still am supporting my family. Um, but we realized as soon as I got there that we have to just fight for something that should be very obvious. These you know, children, these kids, they, they want to go home and play Xbox, so Free wants to um, celebrate her birthday, get her birthday gifts, which you know, they're still wrapped. My brother sits and plays the guitar that he bought her and, you know, wishing he was able to teach her how to play. This should have ended in terms of the hostages 23 days ago. This is not, there's a complicated war going on, but this is this is a very simple piece in that there is a crime against humanity happening every single day that my family, 33 children, 200 and I think 39 hostages that we know of right now are being held. We really appreciate, or at least I can speak for myself, I really appreciate um, the, the Prime Minister and the Speaker um, taking their time to, to hear our stories and we, we hope the Canadian government and the Canadian people can help us. You know, first of all, bring the hostages back. Again, this is really the, the simplest piece of this you know, very, very complicated um, situation. Canada did send a team of hostage negotiation experts to the region to help secure the release of the hostages. Here's Aaron Brodich again. We need uh, the governments of the world to pressure both uh, Israel and Hamas to make this happen quickly. It has to happen now. Um, and, you know, prioritize this, the, the, the hostages over everything else that is happening. Earlier this month, the CJN Daily spoke with Tiferet Lapidot's Canadian relatives. The family, who now lives in Israel, originally thought 
their young woman had been kidnapped at the rave dance party in the desert and taken to Gaza. Her phone was sending signals from Gaza. The family spent days in anguish, hearing nothing. Then they were notified about two weeks ago her body was identified. Her uncle, lawyer Harel Lapidot, who was born in Canada, says he wants the world to know the graphic details of what Hamas did to her body. I was born in Regina, Saskatchewan. Tiferet was 23 years old. She was supposed to have her birthday on Monday, just after that horrible Saturday. The last time we've heard from her was on Saturday, 10 o'clock, when she called her mother, telling her that she is hunted by the terrorists of Hamas. Can imagine for a mother to hear that kind of horrible thing not possible without any possibility of doing something to help her own daughter. Tiferet was just after a period of volunteering in South Africa for kids with special needs. You can see in the picture the kids there weren't Jews. Most of them were Muslims and Christian. Tiferet didn't care because kids are kids. But on the other side, Tiferet was hunted there just because she was Jew. My second name is Michael. I'm called after my, my grandma's brother. My grandma is also Canadian. He was hunted in the streets of Budapest only because the fact he was Jew. He pretended to be Christian in a hospital in Budapest. But he was hunted of being Jew, shot down in the streets of Budapest. And unfortunately, Tiferet was hunted like an animal. It took more than 11 days to identify her body. We thought she was kidnapped because her cell phone was even stole, stolen from her. It took more than 11 days. You can imagine what happened to her. We are, we are hearing the horrified things that happened to girls and to people that stood on the hands of Hamas and was in the hands of Hamas. Those things are the exact things that we have heard from my grandma during the Holocaust. Hand chopped. We felt Tiferet's body. Parts of her were missing. Those are things that, as a Canadian and as a human being, are unbearable. And we expect the Canadian government, and we want and we ask the Canadian government to help and support Israel. First of all, the hostages that are held there should be immediately back. Canada can help them. And to support Israel, that's a act, unhuman, unbearable act of Nazi people. And as Canada stood against ISIS, against that, that horrible terror, we want Canada to stand for Israel. Canada helped and supported the states and the coalition was part of the coalition against ISIS. Uh, as a Canadian, I think and I know that Canada can and will be a part of a coalition that demands the, those terror, those animals, bringing those people back home. Kids, civilized, elder people, we see them. They're out of the war. It's not part of the war. It couldn't be part of the war. It's against any international law, 
It's unbearable and it should be stopped now. Otherwise, we'll see the same thing happening in the States, in Canada, in France, and England, in every other uh, civil, civilized place in the world, Western uh, country. Otherwise, we'll find ourselves in, in, a, in a horrible, horrible world in which, civilized, in which a, a girl 23 years old, a woman 74 years old, is either taken, butchered, or we don't know what is going on with them. It should and it has to be stopped. You'll have heard my story about the 74-year-old Canadian peace activist Vivian Silver. She'd moved to Israel 30 years ago from Winnipeg. She was kidnapped from her kibbutz Be'eri on October 7th, and her house was burned down, in the words of her relatives. She has two sons. Chen Zeigen is an archaeologist, Canadian himself, born and raised on that kibbutz. He said the Israeli government has given them little to no information. She also was among the people who volunteered to drive sick, uh, sick Palestinian children from Gaza to get treatment in hospitals in Israel. Um, we hope that the Canadian government will join the international effort um, to pressure uh, and promote the release, unconditional release, of all these hostages. Hamas is trying to frame uh, the hostages as prisoners of war, but these are babies and toddlers and women and elderly people taken from their homes. They have not had uh, any access to uh, any international committee like the Red Cross. They have not, we have not been given any information about their fate till this day. I'm not sure if my mother is alive or dead or whether uh, she was injured or not. Her house was completely burned down. I know my family is in touch with representatives from this task force. Uh, so far, they have not been able to share any um, information with us other than the initial knowledge that my mom's phone has been geolocated in Gaza, and that is all the information I have currently. Ken Zeigen wants Canada to make Hamas a worldwide pariah, and that means cutting off funds, isolating them, closing embassies, maybe like in Qatar, where the Hamas leader lives in exile, and stopping payments to agencies who support Hamas. And although he didn't specify it, perhaps he meant UNRWA, to which Canada donates hundreds of millions of dollars over the last decade, meant to help Palestinians, but we know some of the money goes to fomenting Jew hatred in their schools and buying weapons and tunnels. As long as there is a message of business as usual, um, Canada, as other prominent countries, have diplomatic relations and, and financial ties. As long as, as there is no immediate action, this is a message of legitimation. So we, want, we, we are hoping to see decisive action. And now I want you to hear from Itai Raviv. He's not Canadian, but he was very eloquent. He has a 78-year-old great-uncle and great-aunt who are hostages from kibbutz near Oz, where 100 of the 400 residents of that kibbutz are either dead or missing. That's one in four people. Their daughter and her young son are also believed to be hostages. Another man in their family was murdered. Raviv held up photos of the missing relatives and pleaded with the journalists to help. I don't know if only necessarily Canada, but I'm sure that the international pressure isn't enough because they're still there. So there hasn't been enough pressure. Um, like I said before, Hamas is a terror organization and they don't cooperate uh, 
with any international organization. Like I said before, the Red Cross hasn't visited the hostages. There are babies there, babies. There's a nine-month-old baby who is there. The baby doesn't eat solid food yet. Okay, we don't know if he has his mother with him. There are kids there that saw how their parents are butchered in front of their eyes. The whole world needs to deal with this as a top priority. A top priority. So I think that Canada hasn't done enough yet. I think the world hasn't done enough yet. And this should be a top priority of the whole world, the whole Western world, anyone who believes in human rights, in humanity, and humanitarian support. Because like I said before, every day, every hour that they're there is a crime against humanity. What they did is atrocities that the world hasn't seen. It's, it's the, they need to come up with a new term for it because it's, it's worse than a crime against humanity. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Check out my colleague Lila Sarek's written article about the hostages' families press conference. It's on the cjn.ca. And we'll end with this story, also on our website, about Israeli expatriates who've set up empty strollers on the campus of the University of Toronto. They wanted to call attention to the fact that Hamas kidnapped over 30 children and babies. Here is Daphna Drosh-Bolinsky reading some of the names. Thanks for listening to the CJN Daily. We are not going anywhere. We are not going anywhere until all the kidnapped children will be back. We are right here and we're not going to rest until everybody are home.